Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, podcasting is an audio medium. I mean, there's a video component. People can go watch us on YouTube and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think everyone should know that we're both wearing hats indoors. I mean, we look adorable. I used to make fun of people who did this. But then I moved to California and lost all ability to handle any kind of cold whatsoever. I'm a wimp now. Also, sometimes it's just the only solution. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. I'm like literally a whisper away from getting like a nightcap, like sleeping cat, like cap like Wee Willy Winky. Oh my God, like in Twas the Night Before Christmas. Indeed, it just seems so cozy. And also my house is like 65 degrees and that's just untenable for me. Well, and I live on the hot side of life and I'm still wearing a hat, so who knows? (laughs) (laughs) on this week's episode Aaron and I talk about this year of chaos and then are joined by Senators Maisie Hirono Kirsten Gillibrand and Amy Klobuchar to talk holiday traditions and welcome back you're listening to Hysteria we are going to get into a look back at the year 2022 just because we're pre-recording this episode because as we should be recording this episode at our normal time, I hope that you and I are both like eating cheese. Eating cheese, drinking nog, frosting cookies. Indeed. And as you're listening to this episode, I hope the same for you. We do. Um, so as I was prepping for this, I was thinking about that article by Allison Davis in The Cut that went viral earlier this year. A vibe shift is coming. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, okay, we're coming out of the pandemic. You know, there was a specific vibe, style, overarching kind of, there was a look, there was a type of activity, there was slang, there was fashion that was like of 2019. Okay. And then 2020 happened, 2021 happened, and things were still like a little bit messy. But here's what I have noticed in 2022. The vibe did not shift. No. 
it was like between two gears in a car, like this grinding. We're not where we're going and we're not where we came from either. I'm going to sound like Maureen Dowd right now. Um, and no, I'm, I didn't get way too high in Colorado and write an article about how I'm res- irresponsible. And so therefore nobody should get to have wheat. <laughs> no, but the ancient Greeks <laughs> thought about chaos as the primordial state of a universe before existence and order took over. So it's not necessarily how we think of it today, which is like mass confusion. It was like a formless void. And I feel as though in the spirit of both of those definitions of chaos, 2022 was a chaotic ass year. I mean, could it have been more chaotic? I mean, volcanoes are erupting. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. It was like crazy chaos. And I mean chaos in like good and bad sense of the word. It was like things happened that were completely unpredictable and like happy, weird surprises. And things also were weird, bad surprises. But all along the way, things were not working as they should. Mm -hmm. Things were not panning out the way they should. And it has been chaotic. So um, in that spirit, we have come up with a list of some of our favorite moments in the year of chaos that was 2022. Um, Alyssa, do you want to kick us off? Do you want to go chronologically or should we just pick as we go? Let's just pick as we go. Okay. In the spirit of chaos, we're not doing it chronologically. Okay, fine. Totally out of order. Then I think that my, if we're going to go with top favorite moment of chaos, I think it's when we were watching the January 6th hearings and we heard uh, Cassidy Hutchinson explain to us how Donald Trump threw a plate against the wall in the West Wing. Actually, actually not just in the West Wing. In the dining room of the Oval Office. Aaron, he threw a plate Give that man some pampering and a tampon. What the fuck? He threw a plate and it slid down. It slid down the wall, leaving a trail of fucking ketchup. I couldn't have loved this anymore, except for the fact that she ends the story by explaining how she and the valet took towels to clean up the ketchup, which seemed just utterly not right. They should have left the ketchup. But Aaron... We had a president of the United States who threw an absolute fucking tantrum and threw a plate, which probably, given the ketchup, uh, had previously contained a very well-done hamburger. And the other thing I think is hilarious about this is that with all this going on, motherfucker ate the hamburger. Like, the only thing that ended up against the wall was the ketchup. Yeah, his plate was clean. Clean, except for the ketchup. Except for the ketchup. That's inefficient ketchup usage, honestly, because, you know, efficient usage of ketchup is there is very little residue at the end. You use all of the ketchup that you squirted onto the plate. Right. But yeah, ketchup running down the wall. Is there is there a better visual image? No, no. In a nutshell, that's it. That's the whole enchilada for his four years. Yeah, that was extremely chaotic. I want to highlight another moment in chaos. Mm -hmm. First of all, this is like an honorable mention moment in chaos, but I saw a picture of Katie Holmes from a red carpet event. Me too! With the jeans! She's wearing a tube dress over jeans. With sneakers! It looks not a day beyond 2001. It was like it could have been the premiere of Dawson's Creek. (laughs) She still looks, you know, fresh and daisy. 100%. Um... Yeah, I was like, this is horrifying. Um, I cannot go back. We will not go back. I will not wear a 
a twin set that is a sweater tube top with a matching sweater. No, whatever. Gen Z like insistent on making its own mistakes, despite the fact that there are very recent examples of this not turning out very well for us in in millennial and in Gen X. But whatever, just go ahead and don't listen to us. But whatever. Um, a moment in chaos that I wanted to highlight though was when Jennifer Lopez remarried Ben Affleck, which is chaotic already, right? So much chaos. Yes. She changed her last name to Affleck. Jennifer Lopez. Affleck. It just when you have a nickname that involves your last name, what is that decision? I don't understand. I mean, it was very confusing. It was very also, I'm sorry, anyone who can say Affleck and not think of the duck from Affleck is like crazy. So it's like now I see her and that is what I think of when she is Jenny on the six. Mm -hmm. I felt like this was not her destiny, but she thought otherwise. So good for her. Yeah, Mrs. Affleck sounds like someone who would only end up in the Bronx if they were very, very lost. <laughs> and then they would start crying and ask a police officer for help. That's uh, what it sounds like when I hear Mrs. Affleck. Someone who'd so yeah. Um, here's another thing. You know, we had a discussion on the show about like changing your name when you get married and it's completely your prerogative, whatever you want to do. The tradition itself is rooted in some kind of troublesome origins. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, whatever, it's 2022 or, you know, almost 2023, people can do whatever they want. But I would say if I were Ben Affleck, I would have considered changing my last name to Lopez because Ben Lopez sounds cool. It does. But she was very anti that. She said she's a traditional lady and that that was way too modern for her. Hmm. Interesting. I know. I guess we all pick and choose the ways in which we are. Um, traditional. I mean, you can't really yell. You can't really say you're like traditional when you've been married like four times. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, like there's some inconsistencies there, whatever. We all are on our own journeys, but that was a chaotic moment to me. Totally agree. And it also was a little bit chaotic in a lot of group texts, I think, like a lot of like ladies group tech discussing name change. Yes. One of mine. I mean, look, we discussed this also on the show, but like I had a friend who had to pay to get her name back after she got divorced. And she's like, I don't care how much money she has, but you still got to show up at the courthouse to petition to get your name back. Oh, it's crazy. Um, OK, so uh, another moment in chaos. Alyssa, do you want to highlight the next one? Oh, my goodness. You know who is the most chaotic bitch on the planet? Who? Ginny Thomas. Oh, my God. Yes. Aaron, it was revealed that Ginny had been texting Mark Meadows like they got drunk and hooked up once and she couldn't get over it uh, about overturning the election of 2020. She, reminder for any listening to us who don't know, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, was she texted him something like 20 times to tell him to not let the liberals win with their games. Also, here's the thing that makes her very chaotic. You assume that most of these people are kind of like in on the joke. They're like, yeah, I'll play around with the crazies who think that this was an unfair election. Mm -hmm. But like, I just want to get my goods out of it. Like, I just no. she according to some of these texts, she was all like, you can't let them get away with this. Like, Jenny, girl, you're married to a Supreme Court justice. Doesn't care. Chaotic, super chaotic. The most chaotic text that she sent to Mark Meadows. And this haunts me, Alyssa. Which one? Which one? I can't see Americans swallowing the yes. obvious fraud, just going with one more thing with no, 
frickin consequences. Frickin. Okay, so fucking, fucking is obscene to her, but treason is not? Mm. Uh, she texted like she was Tracy Flick. <laughs> yeah, it shook me to my very core. And the thing is, you know, more has come out about like the Supreme Court being leaky. I would also say Alito is like a dark horse for a, a leaky member of the Supreme Court, which we'll get to in a second. Right. Um, but Ginny Thomas is like, imagine if your worst Facebook aunt was like pulling on the levers of power behind the scenes in the U.S. You know? Yeah. No, I know. I mean, she is banana bonkers. Banana bonkers. Absolutely. And so close to a very, very powerful, powerful institution. Uh, yeah. Which I'm laughing. That part's not funny, but her fucking chaos is kind of funny. She is a live, laugh, love stencil written in her own feces. Blood. Like <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say in her own blood. <laughs> No, but a live, laugh, love stencil in blood would be very funny for a haunted house. You know what? 2023 is going to be our year, Aaron. We're going to live, laugh, love. I'm coming to your house and I'm helping. I'm helping with the front lawn. <laughs> it's going to be like in that episode of The Simpsons when Sideshow Bob is writing letters, like yes. writing letters to yeah. Bart in his own blood and then passes out because he <laughs> is writing his grocery list also with his blood. Please do not write live, laugh, love on my living room wall in your own blood, Alyssa. I am worried for your health. No, I'll do it outside on your fence. Okay. <laughs> okay, so that would go from like the year of chaos and 2023 would just be just pure malevolence, right? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. <laughs> I think the thing about chaos is that, you know, Jenny Thomas, despite how horrifyingly unhinged she is, mm. um, at least her efforts were ultimately futile. She... um didn't accomplish what she was trying to accomplish. You know, who knows what she did accomplish? Who knows what bat shittery she has been able to accomplish behind the scenes over all of these years? Totally. But this is one way in which she was sort of like Daffy Duck after he had been, you know, sabotaged. But no, we're, we're witnessing her as a sort of like angry Daffy Duck, Elmer Fudd, or, you know, Yosemite Sam throwing his hat down in the dirt and jumping around. Um, but, you know, that's part of what chaos is. It's like, malevolent futility yes yes in a certain sense it's deep as shit um and speaking of malevolence um the next moment of chaos that i wanted to highlight was it was a pretty bad day on may 3rd 2022 which is also our producer caroline made sure that this was in the outline it is her half birthday so not even her birthday so happy half birthday, Aaron. I mean, Caroline. Cool thing to put in the outline, Caroline. I'm going to get you a present for your half birthday next year, and it's going to be annoying. Um, so on May 3rd. It's going to be a picture of Ginny Thomas. It's going to be a framed photo of Ginny Thomas with like, I'm going to put on like bright red lipstick and put a kiss mark on it and write XOXO Ginny on it. <laughs> like I'm Ginny Thomas. And I just visited Caroline's sandwich shop in New York. And they're going to be like, look at all these celebrities who've been here. Okay, so May 3rd, an initial draft of the opinion on the case before the Supreme Court that would challenge Roe v. Wade was leaked to Politico. And in the leaked opinion, which was Dobbs, not only did the Supreme Court just dismantle Roe v. Wade, it basically undid 50 years of court precedent that went beyond Roe v. Wade. So, you know, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, 
Texas v. Burwell, I believe, was the one that was like three or four years ago. And it enabled every state to make its own laws regarding abortion and access to abortion at any point during a pregnancy. And what happened after that was fucking chaos. chaos. Absolute legal chaos. We now live in a country where millions of women, millions of people who could get pregnant are living in states where it is totally illegal, essentially, for them to have abortion care. So like in Texas, how many people live in Texas? It's like millions, 20 million, right? Yeah. 30 million. I think it's like 30. Basically, it's like there's as many people in Texas as they are in Canada, basically. And there are that many people in the U.S. who cannot access abortion care at all. Um, other places like Arizona. Oh, 29.53 million. 29 point. Yeah. <laughs> Comparable in size to Canada population wise. Fun, fun fact. Mm-hmm. Um they can't access abortion care. People across the middle of the country cannot access abortion care. And meanwhile, in places like New York, California, Washington, Oregon, uh, people are enshrining laws. Now, the glimmers of hope amid the malevolent chaos showed that the abortion thing was kind of a bridge too far for a lot of voters. Yeah. And as a result, the 2022 election did not in any way hand Republicans any level of control that they were hoping for. Um, What did end up happening as a result of this chaotic moment on May 3rd is that now the House of Representatives is essentially a clown show on the national stage. And then the Senate was not only held by Democrats, but Democrats gained a seat, which is totally against trend, which I'm sure which every pundit has been over until they're blue in the face. So the interesting thing about that is, I mean, I'm not a strategist here, but just speaking as a lay person who gets easily annoyed with politics as performance. Um, what is going to happen now is the best possible situation for Democrats short of actually holding on to the House, because what America is going to get to see is two years of Republican absolute batshittery. Totally. None of those fuckers can govern. None of those fuckers can legislate. And as Nancy Pelosi has proven the ability to run a caucus in the House of Representatives is a rare gift that very few people have. It has taken down otherwise powerful, skilled politicians. Paul Ryan is essentially a, a footnote. He goes around kind of fundraising to whispered room or like hushed rooms of Republicans who are like embarrassed of being like seen as extremists, but nevertheless hold extremist views. So we're going to get two years of watching Republicans act completely insane when they're in charge of the House of Kevin McCarthy or whoever the speaker ends up being, being totally unable to manage them. Right. Because, Aaron, as you just alluded to, the Democrats nominated Hakeem Jeffries like weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Kevin McCarthy still can't get the votes. Yeah. He doesn't have the votes. And now, uh, you know, by the time this episode airs, we'll see whether or not they drove the American economy off a cliff because they couldn't make an agreement on the debt ceiling. So we'll see how he does. Yeah, we'll see how he does. <laughs> Good luck, sir. I do not think you can handle it. Good luck and Godspeed. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Have fun trying. That's a long tale of chaos. And I think we're going to continue to see the tale of chaos well into the next few years. Um, I would love to see Samuel Alito's legal career 
carry on for long enough for him to see all of his hopes dashed and everything he tried to do just completely ripped apart. I would love it if May 3rd, 2022 was when he looks back on his life, the moment that everything turned and started going south. So that's that's my New Year's wish for Sam Alito. What do we have next in our, our chaotic countdown? Oh, well, let's see, Aaron. You know, Sex in the City, such a iconic, albeit problematic at times show. Mm-hmm. And one of the most famous episodes is when Carrie wakes up to a post-it note from Berger that says, I'm sorry, I can't. Don't hate me. Don't hate me. You forgot the... Don't hate me. Don't hate me. Right. So it turns out one of the worst bitches on this planet got burgered. Gerlaine Maxwell found guilty on five counts, sex trafficking, (laughs) minors, because she's a fucking asshole, was in prison when she got dumped by her husband. That's it. She got dumped by her husband. She did. In prison. Uh, We heard that her husband broke up with her over the course of a dramatic phone call she took from solitary confinement. A source said that the call became confrontational. I think so. And that and that her husband told Maxwell he was seeing somebody else. A yoga teacher. (laughs) Look, it is not enough. So many terrible things should happen to this woman. But I have to say. Not just having it happen, but knowing she's in prison and that everyone knows how she got dumped. It's a modicum, a smidge, a teensy morsel of justice. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, I've practiced yoga for a while and, you know, yoga isn't about how your body looks after you practice it. But a yoga teacher, you picture you, you get it in your head that that would be like an insulting person to be left for because, you know, she's in prison. She can't like, she's in solitary. So she can't just like go to the internet and be like, what's she even look like? No. Or like stalk her Insta. She's just going to have to be there alone with her thoughts, thoughts, imagining the hottest, most live and in touch with her body yoga instructor who is now with her ex-husband. I got to say though, don't think that husband had great judgment in the first place. No. No, no. He seems like he was missing. He's like, where do we get all this money from? She's like, don't you worry about it. (laughs) Oh, well, I won't ask. (laughs) I mean. Very, very weird. Where was he in all this? I don't know. Yeah. What's what's his deal? What's What's, his deal? (laughs) What's your story, sir? Um, Curious what you were uh, thinking. What were you? Were you awake for those years? What were you? Just a thought. Uh, Yeah. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes, 
And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. (laughs) Not, Not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. 
That's perfect. He is like I think my my dad is one of those people that just like beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy Rails tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. talk about what another moment in chaos that to me felt like you know the feeling when you are like blowing up balloons manually like with your with your lungs and you have blown up one too many balloons and you're like woo, woo. like you start to get that woozy feeling I felt that I felt that in my lungs yeah 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 that's how I felt on the day that this moment in chaos happened I was like what the fuck is going on August 8th 2022 uh, when the FBI executed a search warrant at Mar-a-Lago, the residence of uh, former President Donald Trump in Palm Beach, Florida, um, the search warrant application was authorized by Merrick Garland, the attorney general. And uh, it basically showed that Donald Trump had stolen a bunch of very classified materials from the White House and the uh, National Archives asked for it back. And his lawyers were like, sure, yeah, we'll give it all back to you. And then they didn't. Mm. He just was like keeping these like boxes and boxes of super classified, um, classified or sensitive documents in a private residence in like a room in a basement with a padlock on it, um, which is not in accordance to how those documents should be handled or stored. And I think we just found out recently that they found some in a storage room someplace off site. Oh, man. Like what? And didn't he make history again, Aaron, by being like the first president to ever have their house raided by the FBI? Yeah, yeah, he's really making some history. He's a real boundary breaker. The chaos around uh, Trump is, I mean, it's like malevolent chaos. I think this, and maybe I'm going to be a pariah for suggesting this. I don't know that all of our like darkest visions for what Trump was doing with the documents really might pan out. I think that Donald Trump was trying to steal them so that he could build a museum to himself and like have the documents in the museum or just like show his friends, you know, like I think, no, I think you're right about that. I think he wanted to have like a viewing room at Mar-a-Lago where he brought donors in and was like, look at all the things I took. 
Yeah. Like in, he's like the, the you, you know, want to see a dead body kid. In yes, kid. totally. Yeah. Stand by me. And uh, yeah, that's that's essentially it's still like very illegal. It doesn't change the fact that he broke a bunch of laws. But my feeling is that the damage done by the documents is really going to be to Donald Trump um, and his his legal record, uh, not necessarily to national security overall. And maybe that's just me being hopeful, but it just felt like all of it has just felt so chaotic. Also, I want to note um, Ivanka Trump, his one of his closest advisors, who was constantly interviewing or interrupting interviews that he was having. Remember that when, when he was in the White House, it was like, yes, Ivanka always just happens to come in with like a baby at a certain yeah. time. And it's just like, oh, my God, you quit trying so hard to be a Kennedy. You're not a Kennedy. You'll never be a Kennedy. Not a Kennedy. Not a Camelot. She announced that she was no longer going to be involved in her father's political life. She was not going to be involved in politics at all which is a little bit of a pivot from what sources very close to Jared and Ivanka had been saying for the duration of Trump's presidency, mm-hmm. um, which is, I think she thought in her adult brain that she would be a beloved, like American princess. A hundred percent. We've always said she thought she was going to be the first female president. I think she still thinks that. I think that she thinks she can take some time, have a few more dinners with Kim Kardashian, which was also massively chaotic so chaotic i was like i saw that and i was like no i rebuke this no whatever (laughs) is happening i don't want to be a part of it i don't like it um yeah it was i was surprised that she wasn't going to be involved in her dad's politics anymore but i think that she maybe has finally started to understand how unwanted she is in many places i hope so um yeah Okay, so uh, what do we have next in chaos? In chaos, what else is there? What else is there, Erin? We did the catch-up. Oh, you know what? Speaking of chaotic presidents, Sri Lanka. Chaos in July. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. After months and months of economic hardship, fuel and food shortages, the people of Sri Lanka had had enough and they invaded and took over the president's palace after he had fled to an undisclosed location. But they didn't just invade it, Aaron. They really fucking got into it. Mm-hmm. They swam in the blue, blue pool. They took selfies. They prepared meals. They cooked. They got into it. They were like, let's make this shit the best Airbnb we have ever seen. <laughs> and they did. And I say good for them. Good for them. Yeah. I hope the food they made was delicious. Yeah. You know, the thing is that, you know, governments get overthrown all the time. People get upset with their government and protest and, you know, protest in humane conditions and and serious circumstances all the time. But what to me made this moment go from like, you know, a regular, quote unquote, regular government overthrow coup, <laughs> something that was uniquely 2022 was the jumping in the pool. Yes, cannonballs, baby. And the like. It was like, there we go. Now it, this is of 2022. This is what makes it chaotic. It's like none of them dressed as a fake Viking with horns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it was just like, wow, this is this is very chaotic. And the videos, there's so many videos on social media of this happening. It's amazing because so much of it was documented and it, it really was 
very uh, unique and of this year for sure. Felt like it uh, it was in the zeitgeist for sure. Um, let's see. Oh, this was like bad chaos. So through a series of kind of tangled up government oversight failures, corporate greed, and bad logistical planning, uh, combined also with years and years and years of ignoring the needs of parents or not taking them seriously as important national security issues. Um, the largest infant formula manufacturer in the country, Abbott Nutrition, recalled its Similac powder and two different types of specialized formula earlier this year, back in April, because it had to shut down one of its plants due to contamination. Now, first of all, before the recall, like babies died from this. Yes. Babies died from this. And we also found out after the recall and the shortage was getting into full swing that before any of this happened, months and months and months before, yeah. people had tried to warn the government. That was the worst part. <laughs> that something was bad at this plant and nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. Utterly avoidable chaos. Utterly avoidable chaos. And what happened on the ground was that grocery stores were completely out of formula. People ended up having to kind of like elbow grease these mutual aid formula groups, like on Instagram, on Facebook. I mean, you were doing it. You were like crowdsourcing formula for people. Yeah. And and I was able to, I mean, like the one of the only cool things about having a lot of followers on social media is when you can use that to like help people totally. or amplify something. Everything else is so like, I feel like so stupid and self-indulgent when I'm like on Twitter and like, oh, give me the approval. But sometimes I can actually be like, oh, this person is looking for this. And a lot of people did that. People were helping each other. People set up like email lists and would go out and people were mailing boxes of formula from like Ohio to Texas, to you know, to California, to Oregon. And um, I thought that, what ended up happening really showcased something quite lovely about human nature and about the way that people will step up and take care of each other. Yeah. But that never should have happened. Nobody should have ever been called on to. No. And again, America showing its ass because Europe's like, yo, we got tons over here. We can send it. Yo, America, how does this keep happening to you? Mm -hmm. It's really. Yeah. Thank you, Europe. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, the war in Ukraine actually contributed to the baby formula shortage, yep. which has been itself. I mean, war is inherently chaotic, obviously. Chaotic. But do you remember when the invasion first happened and we all just felt very dark, like we were watching Russia go in to like crush Ukraine? It was like a terrible fucking made for TV movie when you first you're like, this can't be happening. Is this seriously fucking happening? Mm -hmm. And then you think it's going to be over in two days. It was what, like February 24th or 25th, something like that. Mm -hmm. And Aaron, it is 10 months later. And Vladimir, Vladimir Putin, among the most malevolently chaotic, uh, on, if not the most on the planet currently. Yeah. Yeah. I think people sometimes mistake chaos and malevolence for, for genius, for dark genius. No. Um, and, and I think that he is a person that I don't think that he's actually, he's, he's not, he hasn't accomplished the goal that he thought he was going to accomplish. No. And he, he doesn't, it's clear he doesn't have a plan. I mean, his, well, his plan now is to, before he wanted to take over land, but now they can't do that. And so now he's trying to freeze Ukrainians for winter. Fucking sick. Completely fucked up. But, you know, not the first time Russia tried to do that to an opposing no. army. That's kind of their go-to. 
is uh it's like okay yeah this is the last play in the playbook i you know fucker i and the war is kind of turning in favor of ukrainians at you know and it has kind of slowly been turning um i would not fuck with a ukrainian ever that's that's an, another takeaway um but because of the war and because of you know it's it's unleashed chaos not only in ukraine but there's been like reverberating waves of it mm-hmm. and one of the ways it reverberated in the u.s is that it contributed in part to this formula shortage yep um and you know some mothers i've seen stuff on social media that um some people are still having trouble finding specific types of formula yeah oh can i just add real quick there was this like super chaotic take in the discourse when we were all talking about the formula shortage where it'd be like some fucking man who looked like mm, looks like he smelled like earwax you know like the <laughs> that's so like softly mildewed <laughs> oily but like more like waxy waxy men waxy, <laughs> Gross. waxy men uh you know solid tulsa fours i will say um okay would say stuff like why don't you just breastfeed just breastfeed oh thank you for your feedback like demonstrating confidently that they not only have no idea how babies are fed but they have no idea how breasts work or how long breastfeeding takes or how hard it is and how like not everybody can do it and it just was a very chaotic discussion where i was like oh my god men know so little about women's bodies you know what big year for that between that and the scotus decision on abortion dobbs like the a lot of people revealing themselves to know absolutely nothing about how women's bodies work nothing absolutely like disturbingly nothing like I I think I know more about how male anatomy works than how than most men know about female anatomy or like vaginas and uteruses. Well, there's something about men who have kids and have been through this. Like it's not like it's just people. It's just like young men who, you know, maybe have not had exposure. These were like grown ass men who have kids who are like, that's not how it works. It's like, yes, it does. You asshole. Yeah. Oh, your poor wives. That was like a, my my final thought. And that was like, oh, I feel so bad for like every one of their wives. Totally. Like what a miserable existence to be married to a person who has like not only like no curiosity, but like no understanding of how something really fundamental works. No ability to Google. <laughs> no, no desire to, to be correct and confidently, confidently, smugly being just the wrongest. Nobody's ever been wronger. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. But, and it's sort of like, imagine if you took your car to a mechanic and you were watching your, your, the mechanic work on your car. And like, you see him like go in there with like a sledgehammer and like, uh, you know, or a glue gun. (laughs) Yeah. A glue gun or like a a baby's toy doctor kit playing and you're like oh you don't know what you're doing like oh yeah an axe he suddenly takes a big axe to like open your hood and you're like oh my god you should not be a mechanic that's kind of how i feel about most of the men who opined make laws about women's bodies and who have opinions about um what women should be doing with their bodies what people who can become pregnant should be doing with their bodies it's like good god um, do we have any more moments in chaos we want to highlight? I feel like we really covered the gambit. 
Ooh, I want to highlight one thing though. What? Are you not on TikTok, right? No. Well, kind of a little bit. I mostly just watch you to find out the good TikToks. Okay. TikTok is a real super highway for, for chaos. Okay. So like whatever yes. chaotic, yeah, whatever chaotic is going on in the world, it becomes more chaotic the more the more people like participate in the conversation. And also because TikTok just continually feeds you algorithmic content that is like the content you've already watched. You just it's like a rabbit hole machine, right? Right. So I thought that the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Oh God, yeah. Really became this like chaotic dystopian moment. And it like took oh do you remember how everyone just like lost their minds? Lost their minds. I mean, even I was like, I'm like, I can't talk about this. This is too much. I can't talk about it. Because it was so it was so it was dark chaos. Mm-hmm. It was such a spectacle, too. Yeah, that's the better word. Yeah. With the benefit of hindsight, we're now finding out that part of the reason it was a spectacle was because it was amplified by pro Johnny Depp bots, bots. and AI and like sock puppet accounts. And it seems like something really dark was maybe going on behind the scenes where like Depp's team was really trying to ruin Amber Heard's reputation yeah. by amplifying anti Amber Heard content. To the point that, like, Lance Bass was making anti-Amber Heard content. Oh, God. I didn't even see that. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It's like, it was very uh, not... It was very clear, whether on TikTok or Twitter, wherever you went, that something was afoot. I mean, like, no. Yeah. It's like, this isn't... Hmm. Why are... You know what? Okay. I you know that I'm a, I'm a paranoid person and I will freely admit that. I wouldn't say you're paranoid. I'd say you have theories that can be colorful. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've got a couple theories right now. Um, I, when we talked about disinfo and the way that it's used by um, misogynists. Yeah. Um, we talked about how this is maybe the future of like PR wars mm-hmm. um, that people will engage with like bot armies to try to amplify their side, um, especially powerful celebrities. They've already done it. Right. You know, the what is this? The Snyder cut was was called for by like thousands of bots. And the studio was like, oh, I don't know. All these people are mad at us. But they're just bots. Um, I think right now I've been seeing a suspicious amount of anti Meghan Markle content mm-hmm. on social media and it feels very depth heard to me like i agree i mean just have your netflix special let it be if you don't want to watch it don't watch it mm-hmm. well just feel it, it just there's something that doesn't smell right for the way that the um, anti and it's i don't know well and the bots have been going for her since the day she set foot into that palace i mean mm-hmm. that's so it's not surprising that that they'd be rearing their heads now yeah and it is kind of I mean, I would not want to have pissed the royal family off, but I would not, I could not put it past any powerful entity to not take advantage of this if they're in the PR battle, to not like try to enlist the help of like bots and artificial social media engagement and stuff like that. Um, Another thing that I've been seeing, and this is like a chaotic honorable mention, um, Mm -hmm. Britney Spears. Yeah. Where is she? The whole Britney Spears saga this year. Where is she? Where is she? I don't know. Where's Brit? We went from free Britney to Britney is free. Britney is very free. Britney is is doing many, many free things, on which is totally her prerogative, to 
currently, you know, as we're recording this, nobody really like there's a bunch of conspiracy theories about like where Britney Spears is because her Instagram was shut down and all of these weird posts on TikTok don't seem like they're her and it's no. what do you think's going on? Don't know. Don't know. Where's Britney? I don't know. I hope we know by the time this episode comes out. I do too. I hope we can add a kicker to the episode or something, but like Yeah, we might have to do an emergency. None of it makes sense. And it all feels uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. None of it makes sense and it all feels uncomfortable is a great way to summarize 2022. Even the the good news felt bad. The bad news became good. And everything, nothing is really... Everything's uncomfortable. Everything is kind of in this like inflection point primordial sludge. And whatever comes out of it, hopefully is better than what went into it. Um, Because, you know, what went into it wasn't great. No. With that, happy new year, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Happy new year. Um, Alyssa, I am so grateful for you. I am so grateful for you. We got to see each other in person this year. That's good. We did. We did. And we've been doing this for four. We're going into our fifth year. Oh, my God. So much has changed. When we started doing this, I was single. Yeah. No, nothing. Single. No baby. Because still single. And I was still living. I still had my apartment in New York. Yes. I mean, the are the first show that we recorded or the first interview, the first joint interview we did was together in New York City with Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. Oh, hmm. interesting. Full circle. She can come back. Full circle. Wants. Whenever she wants. All right, people, we all know the stakes of the 2024 election are high, whether it's keeping the Senate, taking back the House or stopping Republicans at the state level. If you're ready to make a real difference, sign up for Vote Save America's 2024 volunteer program. And just to make it interesting, we're pitting you against each other. Vote Save America will sort you onto a team east or west, and you'll compete with a community of other volunteers to maximize your impact on the ground with opportunities tailored to you and the causes you care about. The team with the highest volunteering staff could secure the biggest prize of all, the continuation of American democracy. Head to votesaveamerica.com slash 2024 now and get ready to organize or else. This message has been paid for by Vote Save America. You can learn more at votesaveamerica.com. And this ad has not been authorized by any candidate or candidates committee. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Guys, it's been a rough year. It's going to get rougher, and you deserve a little treat for not going insane yet. You could head to the local tiki bar and tell the bartender, do your worst. But we have a better idea for you, which is pick out something from the Crooked store. The store is stocked with tons of new merch. It's perfect for the spring. And classics like the Friend of the Pod tees that you'll be wearing long after the next administration or the next fascist dictatorship, depending on how things go. Pick up a new tee for the warm weather ahead, a mug that'll remind you to stay involved this election year, or a hat celebrating your favorite pod. 
Go to crooked.com slash store to shop. Welcome back to Hysteria's inaugural happy hour. I could not be more excited about talking to this group of Hysteria faves about the holidays. My senator, Kirsten Gillibrand from New York, a woman who loves to make big speeches in the snow, Senator Amy Klobuchar, and bringing the spirit of aloha, Senator Maisie Hirono. Ladies, happy holidays. Same to you. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. It's great to be on. Okay, so we're here to talk about holiday traditions. Senator Hirono, I'm starting with you. As the first Buddhist senator, what does this time of year mean to you? Well, for the Japanese, it's New Year. That that is a day of celebration, not as much uh, Christmas. In my family growing up in Japan, it was New Year, and you have uh, traditional New Year foods. And in fact, uh, that kind of food is called oseki ryori. Ryori means foods. And what I'm going to go home to is uh, like these lunchbox things with many compartments with all different meaningful foods on it. So it's called oseki, and that's New Year Day celebrations for Japanese. Is there a special way people in Hawaii celebrate? Oh, it's, it's all the way. It's, it's Merry Christmas. It's everything, <laughs> every every faith, every culture, because Hawaii is, the, I would say, the most culturally diverse state in the entire country. And the other thing about how we celebrate in Hawaii is that we just have uh, all of our gatherings consist of foods from every ethnic group you can think of. Japanese, Hawaiian, Filipino, you know, the Caucasians, every everybody, and everything is put in, into one plate. So <laughs> it's quite the diversity. <laughs> that is quite diverse. Senator Gillibrand, when do you put your tree up? So our goal was to put it up today, um, but it's raining and I want to go to the market and buy one that's there and it's probably covered in water. But anyway, I try to do it as soon as I can. It's I'm the only person in my family who's in charge of getting the tree and decorating. It's very um, <laughs> it's very typical. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so as soon as I can, I would love to get it up by Thanksgiving, but it never happens. So hopefully today. Do you have a favorite holiday cocktail, something that gets you in the mood? My favorite cocktail is always a scotch. And so whether it's (laughs) rain or shine, Christmas or otherwise, it's still my favorite. Senator Klobuchar, is there a festive Minnesota hot dish we should all be making? Uh, Well, there's always my uh, tater tot hot dish that I make, taconite tater tot hot dish with um, pepper jack cheese. But then I get letters. I won a hot dish contest in Minnesota, and it was the most linked recipe or any link during the year at the time on the local CBS station. And people wrote in it was too spicy because we're from Minnesota (laughs) and pepper jack cheese, a little bit different than maybe Hawaii. But I did was thinking about that tree question. And so we always have a, a real tree. And one time when our daughter was young, we put the tree on top of the car, just like the fairy tale. We're driving down the road. My husband had done it himself and it fell off right in the middle of a very busy road. No. He ran out and he stuffed it like the Grinch that stole, like in the trunk. And she's like yelling. She's a kid in the back seat, And this was a very <laughs> traumatic incident. So now oh my he goes goodness. to the corner street and he 
literally buys this tree and drags it four blocks to our house every year. And it's always <laughs> kind of dirty. And then we have to, anyway, that's my tree story, Kirsten. I like your tree story. Senator Klobuchar, are there very holiday traditional foods in Minnesota? Is there something that you're just like, okay, it's Christmas? Uh, Ludafisk. What is that? It's really smelly. Scandinavian fish. And you cannot get stronger than Ludafisk. It's People just, they have Ludafisk festivals and it's for our Scandinavian um, constituents. And it's kind of a famous thing. I personally don't (laughs) always eat it. Um, But in my family, I'm half Swiss and half Slovenian. um, And so we always would, my mom was all Swiss. So we would have this Christmas stollen. And then we always still in my mom's honor, uh, we have raclette on Christmas Eve, which is where you melt the cheese and you put it on potatoes. That is our our meal for um, Christmas Eve. It's good. That's yummy. Oh, my goodness, Senator, I have to tell you, my Oma always made the stolen. And through this podcast, I have sourced recipes for her strudel and stolen, which she left only in broken Bavarian German when she passed away. Wow. And so my stolen is ripening as we speak down in a cold spot in the basement. That is how we do. You're with me. I don't, Senator Gillibrand, I know you're a baker. You love to bake. What are you baking during the holidays? So my go-to dish for like the last five years is a um, berry cobbler mm-hmm. because I like berries. I like raspberries and blueberries and blackberries uh, in a cobbler or a pie. I use very little sugar so I can eat it. And then I put a crumble on top. Basically, um, you know, it's oatmeal plus brown sugar plus some kind of um, flour and maybe a couple spices. And it's very good and it's super easy and everybody likes it and it's just a winner. And then you don't have to fiddle with with a crust. My mother, however, is the pie maker for our family. She can make any pie. It's always perfect. She's just very good at pies. And my grandmother's favorite recipe was a cheesecake and I have it and it's very good, but it's, it's so rich. It's like you use like three things of Philadelphia cream cheese and a ton of like (laughs) heavy cream and a bunch of egg whites that you fold into the one little layer on top and a bunch of egg yolks in the bottom. It's like the full fat version of anything you've ever eaten. And it's delicious. (laughs) That sounds so delicious. You know, I would eat that. It's so good. I, I will make it for you someday. Thank you. And you know what? I can give you berries. I will pick you berries next summer when I'm doing all my jam that you can freeze for your berry cobbler. Yeah, freeze them. So when you pick them and then when you see me, you give me the frozen. It always comes out better with frozen berries because they... It's the best kind of swap. They just are more fresh for um, a cobbler, yeah. Senator Klobuchar, do you have any sentimental or favorite ornaments or holiday trinkets that you like when you pull them out, you're just like, oh, this is it? Oh, yeah. What? I have uh, one when I was in Campfire Girls, I was a bluebird, and uh, we made our own ornament out of a a can, a jar, right? And then we decorated and it's a picture of me with my little vest on with all my beads for my service projects. I always put that up. Uh, We have one of uh, when we got married uh, that my in-laws had made for us. That's a special one for me. And then probably my favorite is my uncle, my mom's brother was uh, maybe a little more Republican than our family. And when Clinton Gore got elected, yeah. he took one of those married ornaments and he put their faces in and it said our first Christmas together. <laughs> I still have that ornament that I put up. I love that because my favorite ornament is my mayo jar back when mayo jars were metal in the 
70s. And it's rolled in glitter. And it has a picture of me out at nursery school. And I would still put it up. Exactly. There's glitter everywhere. Senator Gillibrand, what about you? In terms of how we decorate the tree or? Yeah. Do you have any sentimental ornaments? I mean, did the ornaments your kids made back in the day make it to the front of the tree or they go to the back of the tree? Mm, um, they usually go inside really deep, <laughs> very <laughs> deep inside the tree. Um, no, actually, they didn't make many ornaments. I made a lot of ornaments. And so when we decorate my tree at home, um, my mother will take out all our old ornaments. And those are just the absolute best. Um, we used to make I went to girls Catholic school, so ornament making was just the height of the season. So we have all these ones that are made with just like paper mache, different colors. We have a bunch that are made out of clay that are like some kind of clay scene. I mean, they're so bad. They're all so bad. But she saved them religiously and I put them on religiously. Um, The two ornaments that the boys did make that I love, they're beautiful. Um, They made at Corning, um, the glass maker factory in upstate New York. Yeah. And when they were little, we did a tour through upstate New York um, and we went to, there's like a workshop at Corning for kids and they get to make an ornament and they teach the kids how to blow glass. They pick their colors. They don't let them touch anything, but they pick their colors. Oh, I was like, whoa. and And then they blow glass and they blow it into these beautiful glass ornaments. And so Theo has one and Henry has one. And they're stunning, but they're very heavy. They could fall off the tree. So those go on the bottom branches that are the thickest so they don't crash and, you know. Right. But those are stunning ornaments. They're not like the stuff I made. Mine are <laughs> in the middle of the tree where you can't see like deep, deep in. <laughs> they're the little secret you know about inside the tree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the boys, the, the, we, we celebrate those two ornaments. Those are stunning, but uncommon for a child, but it's the, it was just the nature of what Corning did at that little workshop. You're going to have to post pictures of those on Instagram come Christmas time. Okay, I will. Okay, good. Yes, they're very pretty. They're very, very pretty. Uh, Senator Klobuchar, have you ever had an absolute holiday catastrophe? Well, I mentioned the tree coming down. Yeah. That was pretty bad. Um, and yeah, we've had trees fall down. Have you? Uh, one time I remember when I was young, my mom forgot to put on the oven for like the ham or something, (laughs) nothing to eat. Oh my God. When did that happen, Amy? That's a disaster. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty bad. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, that's a bona fide catastrophe. Um, and then, uh, I don't know. We, most of them was, have been really, really good. It's a very special time in our family and, Um, We have friends that we go see on Christmas Eve after we go to church and um, we just have new, it's, we've kind of through the years as my mom died and then my dad died, we, you know, picked up some new traditions. My husband has five brothers. He's the uh, middle of six. So we do Thanksgiving with them and then we maybe will see them at some point. So the wives of the um, six brothers seem to control the Christmas period more. Yes. <laughs> Senator Gillibrand, any Christmas catastrophes to speak of? I don't think so. Um, I, I don't remember anything bad on Christmas. I always like Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're okay. It's okay if you haven't had one. <laughs> the only time, like when I didn't have enough presents, like I didn't have enough presents for the kids. Um, they just complained a little bit. <laughs> like we, one year we took a trip. And so I like, I just got one present for each kid. Cause we were like in a beautiful place. And I was like, this is your present. And they're like, yeah, but, but they're like, 
excuse me. <laughs> yeah, so I felt like I screwed that up a little bit. I thought they'd be like mature enough, but no, they were not. They want presents. And so um, even the Christmases that we, when we travel to see family, like we're going to go to England this year to see Jonathan's dad, I've already mailed the presents. So they have presents under the tree at my brother-in-law's house. And I'll have the stockings already in my bag that I'll put right in the room. So when they walk into the room, they'll have stockings on their beds because we arrive Christmas day. So I'm trying to be better at it because um, I don't care much about presents, but but they do. And so I just, I got to be on my game. Can't forget presents. That is preparation. Senator Klobuchar, favorite holiday movie? Uh, love Actually. Is it? That's a good one. I love that one. Yeah. I love that one. But what about, okay, so let's do, let's separate it. Old timey Christmas movie versus modern Christmas movie. So obviously I love Love Actually too because- I've always been plumpy in this in that scenario. I don't know why, but I'm always I identify with plumpy. Senator Klobuchar, what's your favorite old timey Christmas movie? Uh, well, I like that. Well, The Miracle on 34th Street. Is that what it's called? Miracle. Yeah. yeah. I like that one. Never saw that one. Oh, I like I watch all the old movies. Yeah, I'm gonna have to watch it. I never saw it. Senator Gillibrand. I like It's a Wonderful Life. That always like makes me cry. Me too. Cries every time. Juju's petals. It makes me cry. <laughs> Makes me cry every time. Do you know White Christmas? I know every word and I know that it's not right. But every time the train with Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye pulls into Pine Tree, Vermont, and they're like, it's 60 degrees here. I'm like, you guys, maybe climate change can turn around. I'm like, I don't know. It was 60 degrees in 1950. Like, maybe, maybe it'll be fixed, but it won't. Wait, Kirsten, what's your favorite modern movie? Well, uh, I do like Love Actually, but I also like, what was the other one you guys, you mentioned you had a couple. Oh, The Holiday. The Holiday I really like. Um, but the one that really makes me laugh that I just saw was um, Daddy's Home 2, which is now a Christmas movie. because <laughs> <laughs> It's really funny. It's Mark Wahlberg and it's, um, who's the comedian guy? I keep forgetting. Kevin Hart, right? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Will Ferrell. It's a Will Ferrell movie. It's really funny. So Daddy's Home 1, Daddy's Home 2, it just happened to be on the TV last week. Johnny had put on Daddy's Home 1. I was like, well, if you're watching this, we've got to watch Daddy's Home 2, which was <laughs> right there. And we watched them back to back. And it's really funny. Like, he literally cuts down a, um, a cell phone tower thinking it's a Christmas tree in the middle of the woods and has to pay $20,000 for the cell phone tower he cut down to put in their big uh, Airbnb. It's hysterical. There's lots of funny jokes. Oh, Senator Gillibrand, I love that for you. <laughs> Senator Hirono, do you have a favorite holiday movie? Love Actually. Oh, that's a good one. We, we're in agreement there. We all love Love Actually. Love Actually is all around. Um, okay, does anybody get into Hallmark and Lifetime movies? Oh, yes, of course. I'm watching right? those now because they all have happy endings and the couple gets together and it's all pretty schmaltzy. But so what? I mean, listen, just because every cosmopolitan city gal goes to find love in her old hometown. <laughs> I do have to say, I do have to say, Kismet Christmas on Hallmark this year is really 10 out of 10. I love it. <laughs> OK, haven't seen that one. Okay, I knew what Maisie, you know, Maisie watches because her husband's the biggest Viking fan outside of Minnesota. What? They watch the Vikings game on every holiday. That is a true story. That's why he's very happy right now. <laughs> okay, now I have a question about Ukraines. 
I have thousands of uh, paper cranes in my culture. When you fold a thousand cranes, the gods that come summer will grant you a wish. But people have been sending cranes, and when people come to visit me, they fold cranes. I think Amy has folded, and Kristen have both folded cranes. They signed the, the wing, and I have behind me this big crane installation. For all of those cranes you made, did you make the paper for those cranes? Because I know you also make the paper. You buy origami paper. So I have, oh. like thousands of pieces of origami paper that I have to I have to make sure I have enough of them whenever anybody comes to my office so generals admirals you know ambassadors they've all folded crane in my office many of them have never folded a crane in their lives and this is part of my cultural awareness endeavor that I do I folded my crane my crane's there somewhere. Obviously, when I come to D.C., I'm going to have to fold a crane. Um, Senator Hirono, do you have any videos of how to fold cranes? Like, have you done a YouTube tutorial? I have a tutorial, but I think I probably should update it. But yes, you can. I think you, if you go to Maisie Hirono folding cranes or something, it's still on there. OK. Lightning round. Eggnog. Yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Yay, in small amounts with the rum. With booze, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but not when you leave it to Santa Claus. You don't put the booze in it. Well, that uh, we don't want Santa drunk, obviously. Well, Santa likes it at my house. That's <laughs> <laughs> and they make really good eggnog at the White House, at the White House they Christmas do. party. They had do you know how eggnog. strong that is? They're really strong. It was There's good. a lot in there. <laughs> That's what makes it good. Tiny cups, tiny cups, tiny cups. Okay, either on your own trees or on other people's decorations. Do you like white lights or color lights? White. Color. Both. Yeah, me too. I have both on my tree. I grew up with color, uh, but then I did white for a long time with just the boys. So they kind of, I don't know, they've probably only had white lights. So I'm going to try color this year, see if they like it. I do the big Charlie Brown lights too. I have those oh, outside. Oh, very yeah. nice. I'm a maniac. Um, okay, New Year's, because obviously that's also part of the holiday season. Do you guys stay up until midnight? Never. Always. Never? <laughs> oh, you do. Senator Klobuchar always stays up till midnight. She's a partier, and she doesn't need a lot of sleep. Do you not know that about Amy? No. She sleeps like four hours a night. I did not know that. She's a Wonder Woman. Uh, I sleep eight or nine hours a night. She sleeps four or five. I could never. Yeah. She doesn't need it. She's like... She's up. I don't know if I should admit this, but uh, I basically hate New Year's Eve, but I do like New Year's Day. I don't like New Year's oh, Eve. Yeah, I don't like to too. go to any parties. I don't like to do anything New Year's Eve except maybe put a blanket over my head and wait for it to be over. See, I agree with you. Yeah. Resolutions. Yay or nay? Love. Love resolutions. Love. Oh, yeah. I only do one, the same resolution every year. What is it? Not to go shopping. That's my resolution. I can only buy stuff that I find in bookstores or at supermarkets. Okay, this is, I'll give you guys a second to think about this. Is there an achievement? So obviously I know that you guys are all up for re-election in 2024. Um, we are here to support you in any and all ways because we love you three so, so much and you fight so much on our behalf. Is there an achievement either in the Senate or in your state that you're super proud of this year? Senator Gillibrand will go with you first. Oh, so many. Uh, this was like a boondoggle year for me. I got so many things done that I've been working on for like a decade. So we got our gun trafficking bill done. That took 10 years. Mm -hmm. We got our military sexual assault bill that uh, Maisie helped me in the committee. We got that done. Um, 
I got a bill done to change the employment contracts for 60 million employment contracts so you can actually now sue in a court of law if you're harassed or assaulted in the workplace and don't have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. We just got our big burn pits bill done that Amy worked on for a long time. I worked on for a long time. So burn pits is done. So this was like a banner year for like getting long projects that were worked on for a long time actually finished and across the finish line. And then some fun stuff like my cyber academy, which is in the defense bill, which I'm super excited about. That's in. Um, so I'm pretty psyched. I feel like it's been a great year for for a lot of the efforts that we as a Senate have been on for a long time. Senator Klobuchar, how about you? Same. Just we were able to get so much done against all odds with our crushing 50-50 majority uh, in the Senate. But included that bill I introduced when I first got on negotiation of pharmaceutical prices to push the negotiation. Uh, we got a version of that in closing the boyfriend loophole when I first introduced that it was just Maisie Hirono and me. Uh, <laughs> and that, uh, but one by one, we got more authors through the years. Um, and then uh, Kirsch mentioned uh, the burn pits, shipping bill. It was a good year. But then I'm always, you know, end of year, just thinking of the things that are still left on the table. And one of the saddest for me in the holiday season is helping the Afghan refugees, who many of whom helped our country and were, you know, going through trying to get them some status, get out of limbo to the end. Uh, But that's one thing as I go into the new year that I will hope we get done if we haven't gotten it done yet, Uh, as well as just maybe something on antitrust. Please. uh, And policy. So I am, I am, you know, I'm happy about what we got done, but it's always that bittersweet, the resolutions for next year. Senator Hirono, what about you? Amy and Kirsten have said that we, we did a lot this year to help our communities and our families For myself specifically, for Hawaii, we have this huge military fuel installation in Hawaii called Red Hill. It is in the order of a magnitude of Hoover Dam. It's huge, and there was a spill. So just to have the military decide after the, this is, these are World War II facilities to close the facilities to um, defuel literally millions and millions of gallons of jet fuel and to do it safely. That is a huge, order of magnitude and a billion dollars to get it done. But speaking of violence against women, last night the House passed my really specific fix to the VAWA that will enable Native Hawaiian women and girls who are trafficked and sexually abused to a far higher degree than other racial uh, groups uh, that we did a fix that took many years to do. And last night I was on the floor of the House when that was done. And we have passed that finally in the Senate. So it's been a good year, lots more to do. And you have three really, really vocal activist women to get more stuff done, (laughs) right? Let me just say, Thank you. That's it. You guys have to go back to your day jobs. Thank you, Senator Hirono. Thank you, Senator Klobuchar. And thank you, Senator Gillibrand, for joining me for Hysteria's first but not last happy hour. And thank you, most importantly, for the incredible work you do and your service to this country. Happy holidays. Thank you so much. Melikalikimaka. Thank you, guys. Melikalikimaka. Well, Alyssa, I want to thank you, as always, for being my ride or die. I want to thank our listeners who have uh, the best, best in the world. I'm like, I would, I would put our listeners. The best. Absolutely. The best. Erin, they gifted me an apple strudel recipe this year, for God's sake. That's wonderful. They're the smartest. They're the most thoughtful. They are 
super engaged and fun. And I'm so grateful for all of you. And uh, who else we got to thank? Oh, we have to thank some of our faves, Senators Maisie Hirono, Amy Klobuchar, Kirsten Gillibrand showed up to share their holiday traditions with us. And we're hashtag blessed because of it. Absolutely. And uh, there will be more hysteria for you next year. I am from another planet. This nation feels like Janet. But these girls gonna fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no for an Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers. And our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. Groot.